Chapter thirteen of the Rebel of the School by Mrs. L. T. Mead. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirteen and church at dinner and the consequences thereof when mrs church was comfortably established in the easy chair in the little parlour with her feet on the fender and a nice view of the street from the window near by when her best widow's cap was perched upon her head and her little black mitts were drawn over her delicate small hands she looked around her and gave a brief sigh of satisfaction upon my word she said i am not at all sorry i came there's nothing like seeing things for yourself most elegant damask on the table mary hopkins where did you get that damask mrs hopkins whose cheeks were flushed and who looked considerably worried replied that it had been left to her by her own mother my mother was a housekeeper in a nobleman's family she said and she was given that cloth and two or three more like it i have em in the linen chest upstairs and i wouldn't part with em to anybody i admire your pride said mrs church next door to pride comes honesty i am sometimes inclined to believe that it comes a full pride but we needn't dispute that delicate point at present and the silver forks my word tom my boy pass me a fork to examine tom took up a fork and handed it to mrs church hallmarked and all she said she laid it down with emphasis perhaps you know she said fixing her beady black eyes upon mrs hopkins's face that i'll be very low as regards victualous for the rest of this week but never mind i am never one to press what ain't convenient to return ah and here comes the dinner well i will say that i have a good appetite you can push me right up the table tom my boy tom did push the old lady into the most comfortable seat she now removed her mittens put a napkin on her lap and bent forward with a look of appetite to regard the different dishes which ellen the tiny twelve-year-old servant brought in ellen trembled very much in the company of the old lady and mrs hopkins trembled still more but susy who saw no reason why she should bow down before aunt church ate her good dinner with appetite tossed her little head and felt that she was making a sensation tom was very attentive to mrs church and helped her to a large glass of ginger wine she thoroughly enjoyed her dinner and while she was eating it forgot all about susy and the pale blue cashmere blouse but when the meat had been followed by the apple pudding and the apple pudding by some coffee which was served in real china cups and mrs church had folded her napkin and swept the crumbs from her bombazine dress and mrs hopkins assisted by susy had removed the cloth and the little maid had swept up the hearth mrs church began to recollect herself it is true she was no longer hungry nor cold for the fire was plentiful and the sun also poured in at the small window but mrs church had a memory and as she believed a grievance 
in her tiny house on the common four miles away firing was scarce and food was scarcer the owner of the house did not care to spend more than a very limited sum of money on coals and food there was nothing in the cottage for mrs church's supper except a bit of stale cake a hunch of brown bread and a little tea the tea would have to be drunk without milk and with only a modicum of brown sugar for mrs church was determined to spend no money if possible until mrs hopkins paid the debt which had been due on the previous day it was one thing therefore for mrs church's debtors to eat good roast beef and good boiled pork and good apple pudding but it was another thing for mrs church to tolerate it she fixed her eyes now on susie in a very meaning way susie had never appealed to the old lady's fancy and she appealed less than ever to-day come right over here little girl said mrs church waving a thin arm and motioning susie to approach susie hopkins remembering her blouse and her proud position as a member of the cabinet of the queen of the wild irish girls felt for a moment inclined to disobey but mrs church had a certain power about her and she impelled susie to come forward stand just in front of me she said and let me look at you my word i never did see a more elegant figure don't you think that you are something like a peacock fine above and ugly below no i don't aunt church said susie tut tut child don't give me any of your sauce but just answer a straight question where did you get that bodice it is singularly fine for a little girl like you where did you get it i don't think it is any business of yours aunt church susie said her mother in a voice of terror don't talk like that you know very well you mustn't be rude to aunt church don't mind her aunt she is a very naughty girl i am not mother said susie and it's awfully unkind of you to say it of me i am not a bit rude but it is not aunt church's affair i didn't steal the blouse i came by it honestly and it wasn't brought out of any of aunt church's money that remains to be proved said mrs church susan hopkins i do not like you nor your ways when i was young i knew a little girl and you reminded me of her she had a face so much like yours no way pretty and what you'd call boastful and conceited and she fought her sight of herself and put on gay dresses that she had no call to wear she strutted about among the neighbours and they said fine feathers make fine birds and laughed at her past bearing but she didn't mind because she was a little girl that was meant to go to the bad and she did she learned to be a thief and she broke her mother's heart and she was locked up in prison in prison she had to wear the ugly convict dress with the broad arrow stamped on all her clothes afterwards when she came out again her poor mother had died and her grandmother likewise and her brother who was the moral image of tom there wouldn't receive her in his house 
i haven't heard of her for a long time back but most likely she died in the workhouse well susan you may take my little story for what it is worth and much good may it do you i think you are very rude indeed aunt church said susy i don't see that i'm bound to submit to your ugly cruel words i like this blouse and i'll wear it whenever i wish oh toity toity said the old lady impudent as well as everything else that i should live to see it mary hopkins can it be convenient to you to let me have the remainder of my hundred pounds there wasn't any contract but that i could demand it whenever i wanted it and it is about convenient to me that i should have it back now you owe me between thirty and forty pounds and i'd like i will say to see the colour of my money it can't be at all ill convenient to you to give it to me when i know you can afford blouses of that quality for your impudent young daughter real lace forsooth i know it when i see it we'll say wednesday week to receive the money and i will come over in my bath chair drawn by tom to take it and i will give tom a whole shilling for himself the day i get it back that will be quite convenient to you mary hopkins won't it susy said poor mrs hopkins for goodness sake leave the room aunt church you know perfectly well that i am not responsible for the naughty ways of that naughty little girl it's apologise to you she shall and that before you leave this house and you know that if you press me now to return the money in full i'll have to sell up the shop and the children won't have anything to eat and we'll all be ruined you wouldn't be as cruel as that to your own flesh and blood would you well mary i only said it to frighten you i ain't at all a cruel woman on the contrary i am kind-hearted but i can't stand the source of that little girl of yours it's my opinion mary that the lost money of yours is on the back of your susan and the sooner you get her to confess her sin the better it will be for us all now before mrs hopkins had time to utter a word with regard to this preposterous and appalling suggestion of aunt church's there came a loud knock on the little street door and listening in the parlour the people within could distinctly hear the rustle of silk petticoats who in the world can that be said mrs hopkins tom turned first red and then white and rushed into the passage susy who had been crying in the shop also appeared on the scene i'll open the door said tom do wipe your eyes susy don't let her see you crying it's herself of course the knocker was just going to be applied to the door again when tom opened it with a flourish and there stood waiting on the steps a very brilliant apparition this was no less a person than miss kathleen o'hara in her sunday best now kathleen tried to bear with mrs tennant's advice with regard to her clothes in the week but on sundays she was absolutely determined that her love of finery should find full vent accordingly from her store of rich and beautiful garments 
she chose the gayest and the most likely to attract attention on the present occasion she wore a crimson velvet toquet her jacket was bright blue and she had a skirt to match on her neck she wore a rich necklet of flaming beads which was extremely becoming to her and thrown carelessly round her neck and shoulders was a boa of white fur and she had a muff to match altogether her radiant dress and radiant face were quite sufficient to dazzle tom but susy pushed past tom and held out her hand oh kathleen she said i am glad you have come you'd best come into the shop with me there's company in the parlour and i don't think you'd care about it kathleen of course was just as pleased to stay in the shop with susy as to go into any other part of the house but just then mrs hopkins put a sad distressed face outside the door and mrs church's voice was heard in high and grating accents i want to see the person who is talking in the passage oh don't go in said susy it's aunt church and she's dreadful an old lady cried kathleen i love old ladies she pushed past susy and made her appearance in the parlour now mrs church was a person of discernment she strongly objected to gay dress on the person of little susy hopkins but as she expressed it she knew the quality had she not lived all her earlier days as housekeeper to a wooded nobleman could she ever forget the fine folk she helped to prepare for in his house now kathleen standing in the tiny room had a certain look of wealth and distinction about her mrs church seemed to sniff the fine quality air in a moment she even managed to rise from her chair and drop a little curtsy if it weren't for the rheumatics she said i would make so bold as to sit before you miss but why shouldn't you i'm sorry you suffer from rheumatism may i bring a chair and come and sit near you are you mrs hopkins susie hopkinson's mother indeed my dear i am truly thankful to say i am not and what may your name be my sweet young lady kathleen o'hara oh dear but it's a mouthful i'm not english said kathleen i'm irish do you know in our country we have old ladies something like you a good many of them have dresses like you and they live in little cottages and we bring them up to the castle and give them good food very very often there are twelve of them and they all live in their tiny cottages close to each other we make a great fuss about them they love to come to the castle for tea the castle said mrs church more and more impressed i should think they would like it who wouldn't like it it is a very great honour for an old lady to be entertained to her tea in a castle and so you live in a castle my bonny young lady yes my father owns carrigahane castle eh love it is a mouthful of a world for me to get round my lips but never mind it is but to look at you to see how beautiful and good you are 
and you are beautiful too said kathleen i mean you are beautiful for an old lady i love the beauty of the old but i want to see mrs hopkins and i want to see susie susie is a great friend of mine mrs church opened her eyes very wide her mouth formed itself into a round o an eager exclamation was about to burst from her lips but she restrained herself and a very good little girl susan hopkins is she said after a moment's pause and a particularly great friend of mine being so to speak my grand niece mary my dear call your little girl in mrs hopkins in some trepidation crossed the room and called to susie who was still sulking in the shop my visitor and all she kept saying and i wanted to have her all to myself i had such a lot to say to her i never saw anybody quite so horrible as aunt church's to-day never mind susie never mind said her mother the young lady is pleasing your aunt like anything and she has sent for you come along in susan this minute called out mrs church come my pet and let's have a little talk go susie and be quick about it said her mother by the aid of tom and mrs hopkins who pushed susie from behind she was induced to re-enter the little parlour there indeed all things had changed kathleen called to her made room for her on the same chair and held her hand mrs church glanced from one to the other only too well did she see the difference between them one was a rather plain little girl and the daughter of her own relation the other was a lady beautiful stately and magnificently dressed i know her kind thought aunt church i have aired beds for quality of that sort and i have watched them when they danced in the big ballroom and watched them too when their sweethearts came along and seen oh yes many many things i have seen and many many things i have heard of those fair young ladies of quality she belongs to them and she likes that good-for-nothing pert little susie hopkins yet it doesn't matter to me susie shall have my good graces if she has secured those of miss kathleen o'hara accordingly mrs church changed her tactics she praised susie in honeyed words to the visitor a good little girl miss and deserving of anything that those who are better off can do for her she is a great help to her mother mary hopkins come nigh dear you are very fond of your susie aren't you of course i am said mrs hopkins in an affectionate tone susie longed to keep up her anger but she could not she was soon smiling and flushing and what a neat little bodice my susie is wearing said mrs church and bought with her own hardened savings you wouldn't think so would you miss it gives her great credit said kathleen in a calm voice i like people to wear smart clothes don't you mrs church if you lived on our estate i would dress you myself i love to see our old ladies gaily dressed 
on christmas day they come to the castle and have dinner as well as tea it is wonderful how smart they look they are very lucky ladies very lucky said mrs church they don't wear old bombazine like this do they your dress suits you very well indeed said kathleen but my old ladies wear velveteen dresses they save them of course we don't want them to be extravagant but they always come up to the castle in velveteen dresses with white caps and white collars round their necks and they look very nice they have a happy time i'm sure they have miss yes they have a very happy time they want for nothing there was an old lady belonging to our house who left a certain sum of money and the old ladies get it between them they get six shillings a week each and a dear little house to live in we are obliged to supply them with as much coal as they want and candles and a new pair of blankets on the first of every november and a bale of unbleached calico on the first of may you can't think how comfortable they are and then of course we throw in a lot of extra things the black velveteen dresses and other garments of the same quality it must be a wonderful place to live in is it very difficult to get into one of these houses missy i don't know would you like to come that i would i'll write to father and ask him if you may miss it would be wonderful you'd be very picturesque amongst them said kathleen gazing at mrs church with a critical eye and you'd have so much to tell them because all the rest are irish and they have never gone beyond their own country but you have seen such a lot of life haven't you miss i can't express all the tales i could tell i lived with a quality for so long i lived with lord henshell until he died i was housekeeper there oh i could tell them lots of things it would be very nice if you came over and i'm almost sure there is a cottage vacant said kathleen in a contemplative voice it seems unfair to give the cottages entirely to irish people we might have one english old lady you would enjoy it you have such a lovely view and you might keep your own little pig if you liked mrs church was not enamoured with the idea of keeping a pig perhaps folds would do as well she said i have a great fancy for birds i am fond of new-laid eggs fowls will do just as well said kathleen rising now carelessly from her seat well mrs church i will write to father and let you know if there is a vacancy and you could come back with me in the summer couldn't you oh miss it would be heaven can't we go out and have a walk now susie said kathleen who found the small parlour a little too close for her taste susie rushed upstairs put on her outdoor jacket and a cheap hat and trying to hide the holes in her gloves ran downstairs kathleen however was the last girl to notice any want in her companion's wardrobe she had all her life been so abundantly supplied with clothes that although she loved to array herself in fine garments the want of them in others never attracted her attention susie she said the moment they got out of doors 
what is the matter with ruth craven with ruth craven said susy who was by no means inclined to waste her time over such an uninteresting person yes you must go to her house you must insist on seeing her and you must find out and let me know what is wrong she has written me a most mysterious letter she has actually asked me to let her withdraw from our society ruth of all people it is very queer of her said susy not to be grateful and pleased for she is no better than the rest of us no better than the rest of you susy said kathleen raising her brows in surprise but indeed you are mistaken the rest of you are not a patch on her she is my prime minister i can't allow her to resign oh well said susy if you think of her in that way of course i think of her in that way susy i like you very much and i want to be kind to everybody but to compare you or mary rand or rosie myers or any of the others with ruth craven but she is no better she is a great deal better she is refined and beautiful she mustn't go i can't allow it but she has written me such a queer letter and implored and besought of me not to come to see her that i am forced to accede to her wishes so you will have to go to her to-night and tell her that she must meet me on my way to school to-morrow tell her that i will go a bit of the way towards her house tell her that i will be at the white cross corner at a quarter to nine you needn't say more oh susy it would break my heart if ruth did not continue to be a member of our society i will do what you want of course said susy i will do anything in the world for you kathleen it was so kind of you to come to see us this afternoon you will keep your promise and come and have tea with us won't you i am very sorry but i am afraid i can't i do wish i had a home of my own and then i'd ask you to have tea with me but susy how funnily you were dressed to-day now that i come to think of it you did look odd that blouse is too smart for the coarse blue serge skirt you are wearing i know it is but i can't afford a better skirt mother is very worried about money just now i know i oughtn't to tell you but she is and do you know before you came in aunt church was so horrid she got it quite dreadful about the blouse and she tried to make out that i had stolen the money from mother to buy it wasn't it awful of her i can tell you it was a blessing when you came in you changed her altogether what did you do to her well said kathleen i rather like old ladies and she struck me as something picturesque she's a horrid old thing and not a bit picturesque i hate her like poison that is very wrong of you susy some day you will get old yourself and you won't like people to hate you well that's a long way off i needn't worry about it yet cried susy i do hate her very much indeed and then you know when you appeared she began to butter me up like anything i hated that the worst of all i am sorry she is that sort of old lady said kathleen after a pause 
but i have promised to try and get her into one of our almshouses it would be rare fun to have her there but she is not a bit poor she oughtn't to go into an almshouse if she is rich said susy of course she mustn't go into an almshouse if she is rich but she doesn't look rich she is quite rich i think she has saved three hundred pounds you must call that rich i'm afraid i don't said kathleen susy was silent for a moment there are so many different views about riches she said at last i am glad you are so tremendously rich that you think nothing of three hundred pounds mother and i often sigh and pine even for one pound for instance now but i mustn't tell you it would not be right perhaps aunt church will be a little nicer to me now that you have taken her up i'll threaten to complain to you if she doesn't behave here susy laughed merrily that's all right susan said kathleen i must go back now for i have promised to go for a walk with mrs tennant no one ever thinks about her as she ought to be thought of so i have some plans in my head for her too oh my head is full of plans and i do wish yes i do susy that i could make a lot of people happy you are a splendid girl said susy i wish there were others like you in the world no i am not splendid said kathleen her lovely dark eyes looking wishful i have heaps and lashings of faults but i do like to make people happy i always did since i was a child the person i am most anxious about at present is ruth i love ruth so very much you will be sure to see her this evening won't you sure and certain said susy i am very much obliged to you kathleen you have made a great difference in my life the two girls parted just by the turnstile kathleen passed through on her way across the common to mrs tennant's house and susy went slowly back to the high street and the little stationer's shop she found mrs church in the act of being deposited in her bath chair and tom looking proud and flushed attending on her mrs hopkins was also standing just outside the shop putting a wrap round the old lady and tucking her up when susy appeared her mother called out to her come along you ungrateful girl here's aunt church going and wondering why you have deserted her during the last hour that's just like you mary hopkins said old mrs church you scold when there's no occasion to and you withhold scolding when it's due i don't blame your daughter susan for going out with that nice young lady i am only too pleased to think that any daughter of yours should be taken notice of by a young lady of the miss kathleen o'hara type she's a splendid girl and to tell you the honest truth none of you are fit for her to touch you with a pair of tongs dear dear said susy but she has touched me pretty often i don't think you ought to say nasty things of that sort aunt church for if you do i may be able to aunt church fixed her glittering black eyes on susan come here child she said susy went up to her somewhat unwillingly my bark is worse than my bite said old mrs church 
now look here if you bring that charming young lady to see me and give me a notice a day or so before tom can run over and tell me if you and tom and miss kathleen o'hara would come and have tea at my place why it is the freshest of the plum cakes we'd have not the stalest and the microscope should be out handy and in order and with some prepared plates that my poor husband used which i never have shown to anybody from the time of his death i have a magnifying glass too that i can put into the microscope it will make you see the root of a hair on your head and i will whisper susy susy somewhat unwillingly bent forward i will give you five shillings you'd like to trim your hat to match that handsome blouse wouldn't you susy's eyes could not help dancing five shillings all to yourself and i would press your mother about the instalment which was due to me yesterday i'll manage without it somehow but i want to see that beautiful young lady in my cottage and you will get the money when you bring her that's all you are a queer little girl and not altogether to my taste but you are no fool susy stood silent she put her hand on the moth-eaten cushion of the old bath chair bent forward and looked into mrs church's face will you take back the words you said i will take back what if not the words at least the thought will you say that you know i got this blouse honestly oh yes child i'd quite forgotten all about it now just see that you do what i want and the sooner the better you understand and oh susy mum's the word with regard to me being well off i ain't i can tell you i am quite a poor body but i could do a kindness to you and your mother if if certain things were to come to pass now that's about all call away tom my boy i have a rosy apple which shall find its way into your pocket if you take me home in double quick time tom pulled with a will the little bath chair creaked and groaned and mrs church nodded her wise old head and she was carried over the country roads meanwhile susy entered the house with her mother what a blessing said mrs hopkins that that pretty young lady happened to call i never saw such a change in any one as what took place in your aunt after she had seen her well mother you know what it's all about said susy aunt church wants to get into one of those almshouses just like her stingy old thing said mrs hopkins i don't want her to get in i can tell you mother and when kathleen and i were out i told kathleen that she was a great deal too rich she asked me what her means were and i said i believe she has three hundred pounds put by now mother don't you call that riches three hundred pounds said mrs hopkins that depends child to some it is wealth to others it is a decent competence to others again it is poverty kathleen didn't think much of it mother well said mrs hopkins i have notions in my head maybe this very thing can be turned to good for us there's no saying i think if your aunt was sure and certain 
to get into one of those almshouses she might do a good turn to you susie as she's sure and certain to help tom a little but there we can't look into the future i am tired out with one thing and another susan my dear child where did you get that beautiful pale blue blouse i didn't get it through first mother it's what you were thinking of i got it honestly and i am not obliged to tell and what's more i won't tell mrs hopkins sighed dear dear she said and she sat down in the easy chair which mrs church had occupied and stared into the fire i am not nearly as low-spirited as i was she said after a pause if miss kathleen will do something for aunt church it stands to reason that aunt church would be hard on us susie made no answer to this she stood quiet for a moment or two and then she went slowly upstairs she removed the beautiful blouse and put on a common one she then wrapped herself in an old waterproof cloak for the sunshiny morning had developed into an evening of thick clouds and threatening rain and went downstairs where in the world are you going said her mother in a fretful tone i did think you'd sit quietly with me and learn your collect if you are going out it ought to be to church i don't see what call you have to be going anywhere else on sunday evening i want to see ruth craven don't keep me please it is very important but i don't know who ruth craven is oh mother i thought every one knew her she is the very very pretty little granddaughter of old mr craven who lives in that cottage close to the station a handsome old man too said mrs hopkins but i confess i don't know anything about him well he and his old wife have got this one beautiful grandchild and she has joined the foundationers at the great shirley school miss kathleen o'hara has taken up with her as well as with me and other foundation girls and instead of having a miserable dull downtrodden life we are extremely likely to have the best life of any girls in the school anyhow i have a message for ruth and i promise to deliver it all right child don't be long any way than you can help susie left the house the distance from her mother's shop to the craven's cottage was a matter of ten minutes quick walking she soon reached her destination walked up the little path which led to the tiny cottage and tapped with her fingers on the door the door was opened for her by old mrs craven mrs craven was in her sunday best and looked a very beautiful and almost aristocratic old lady do you want my grandchild she said observing susie's size and dress yes is she within asked susie no dear she has gone to church would you like to wait in for her or would you rather go and meet her she has gone to st james the less the church just round the corner you know it yes i know it said susie they'll be coming out now said mrs craven looking up at the eight-day clock which stood in the passage if you go and stand by the principal entrance you are safe to see her thank you said susie you are sure you wouldn't rather wait in the house 
no really mother expects me back my name is susan hopkins my mother keeps the stationer's shop in the high street to be sure said mrs craven gently i know the shop quite well susy said good-bye and then stepped down the little path what a humble abode the prime favourite ruth craven lived in susy's own home was a palace in comparison ruth lived in a cottage which was little better than a workman's cottage there can't be more than two bedrooms upstairs thought susy and i wonder if there is a sitting-room certainly there can't be more than one the old lady looked very nice but of course she is quite a common person i should love to be prime minister to kathleen o'hara and why should there be such a fuss made about ruth i only wish the post was mine shouldn't i do a lot couldn't i help mother and tom and all of us and there is that stupid little ruth oh dear oh dear well i suppose i must give her the message she hurried her steps as these last thoughts came to her and presently she stood outside the principal entrance of the little church st james the less was by no means remarkable for beauty or architecture or adornment of any sort nevertheless the vicar was a man of great eloquence and earnestness and in the evenings it was the custom for the little church to be packed by and by the sermon came to an end the voluntary rolled forth from the organ and the crowd of worshippers poured out susy stretched out her hand and clutched that of a slim girl who was following in the train of people ruth it's me i have something to say to you ruth's face until susy touched her had been looking like a piece of heaven itself so calm and serene were the eyes and so beautiful the expression which lingered round her lips now she seemed to awaken and pull herself together she did not attempt to avoid susy but slipping out of the crowd of people who were leaving the church she found herself by the girl's side just come a little way home with me said susy it won't take me long to say what i have to say she linked her hand in her companion's as she spoke yes there was little doubt of it ruth was lovable one forgot her low birth with her low surroundings when one looked at her susy had heard of those few people of rare character and rare natures who are as it is expressed nature's ladies there are nature's gentlemen as well and nature's ladies and nature's gentlemen are above mere external circumstances they are above the mere money's worth or the mere accident of birth now ruth belonged to this rare class and susy without quite understanding it felt it she forgot the humble little house the lack of rooms and the workmanlike appearance of the whole place she said in a deferential tone i have come to you from kathleen o'hara you have done something which has distressed her very much she wants you to meet her to-morrow at the white cross corner on your way to school she wants you to be there at a quarter to nine that is all ruth you will be sure to attend i promised kathleen most faithfully that i would deliver her message 
she is very unhappy about something i don't know what you have done to vex her but i do said ruth and i can't help going on vexing her but what is it said susy whose curiosity was suddenly awakened you might tell me i wish you would i can't tell you susan it has nothing to do with you it is a matter between kathleen and myself very well i will meet her there is no use in shirking things good night susan it was good of you to come and give me kathleen's message End of chapter thirteen